Yes, sir. That is going to be the Old Testament. That is going to be the second book of the Bible for a second. I thought you was being serious. And no, that's going to be the second book of the Bible. Uh, that'll be Exodus chapter number one. And just kind of give you an introduction of where we're going and what uh, we're going to we're going to stay in Exodus one, which is before Moses is born. And uh, this is just uh, the introduction to the life of Moses. And, and uh, I, 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 like I said, I've really been praying uh, what to do. And, and I really feel like this is what God would have us to do. So before we read, I just want to give you a couple thoughts. Uh, why are they in Egypt? A lot of times in the scripture when uh, Egypt is given or Egypt, uh, <clears throat> Egypt uh, was mentioned in the Bible. It's mentioned like uh, the the reason why, uh, uh, like the world, Egypt is a picture of the world. Uh, the Bible says the reason they're in Israel is because of Joseph and uh, Jacob and uh, the, the children. And we see that uh, Jacob, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Joseph was taken slave into his Egypt and God allowed them to survive during a, uh, a famine in the land. Because of Joseph being in Egypt. And God preserved the name of Israel. Or preserved the nation of Israel. As those all the children of Israel at that time moved. And, and positioned themselves in Egypt. And uh, this is why. Why were, why were they even in Egypt to begin with? It wasn't because they had gone astray. It wasn't because they had gone away from God but simply that they were doing what God wanted them to do and to be in Egypt where they were supposed to be. Now, had they not been in Egypt where they, where they were supposed to be, they would not have survived the famine. And had they not been in Egypt where they were supposed to be, they would not have Moses to lead them out of Egypt. And so God has a design and a plan. Sometimes we just don't know all the details. And uh, going back to Joseph, and why did God, and I believe Joseph said this in the, in, the New, in the Old Testament, he said this, he said, God, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And God had a plan pushing him into Egypt. He didn't know at the time what it was, but he knew that God had a plan. You see, the reason they were in there was for that. Then the, the region in which it was at, it was in the Delta of the Nile rivers where this took place at. Then we also see the approval of God. This was approved of God to be right where they were supposed to be. And you say, why do you say that? Because a lot of times in our Christian life, we're not where we're supposed to be. We're not doing what we're supposed to do. But this was exactly where God wanted them and it was God's approval for them to be there. I don't know about you, but I would not want to have my family anywhere else but inside the will of God. Amen. And so as we look at this, these children of Israel were not, they weren't being punished. They, weren't, they, weren't, uh, they were exactly where God wanted them to be. This was the approval of God for them to be in this spot in Egypt. So you've got your Bibles open to Exodus chapter 1. So if you will, if you can stand, just if you will, just out of respect to reading of God's word. Exodus chapter number one, let's begin reading in verse number one. 
Alright, so the Bible says in verse 1, Now these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, uh, Levi, and Judah, and Issachar, and Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher, and all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were about 70 souls for Joseph was in Egypt already. And Joseph died and all his brethren. And all that generation and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding, uh, exceedingly mighty and the land was filled with them. So I'm going to take these few verses and give you two simple thoughts concerning uh, the slavery in Egypt. As they are there, this is the slavery that took place. They were in slavery. Um, and verse number 8 tells that there was a new king. He didn't know who Joseph was. And so he needed to know why. He needed to know what was going on. So let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for today. I thank you for allowing us to be in your house tonight. I pray that you will bless the service. I pray that you will uh, have your hand about what will take place. And uh, we want to thank you for all that you've done. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And thank you. May be seated. So, just as uh, we, we've talked about the introduction, so I want to give you point number one. It was a fulfillment of promise, of the promise for them to be where they were. So you say, what does that mean? What do you mean that it's a fulfillment of a promise? Look in, uh, you don't have to, but in Genesis chapter number 46 and verse number three, the Bible says, and he said, I am God, I'm the God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make thee a great nation. So God promised that he would take those children Reuben and Simeon and Levi and Judah and Edgecar and Zebulun and, and, and Benjamin and Dan and Naphtali and Gad and Asher and all the souls that came with him. So he promised in Genesis chapter 46 that he will make them a great nation. But he all he sent to Egypt was 70 folks. So there goes those 70 folks go down to Egypt to live, but this is a fulfillment of a promise that God would bless these children. And verse number 7 the Bible says, And the children of Israel were, uh, were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty. What took place was God was fulfilling the promise in which he told Jacob and his sons, I will make thee a great nation. And so he yet, he only sent 70 down there, but God blessed exceedingly and mighty those children of Israel. And so there they are in Egypt, serving God, being what they're supposed to be, and God blessed them mightily. But it was a fulfillment of a promise. You say, what does that have to do with me? Here's what it has to do with you. God has promises, and every promise, he will come through. Amen. 
Every promise in the Bible is true. Every promise in the Word of God is sure. I have a solid foundation that I can stand on. And it is this Bible. And I can know for sure that these, these verses are true. And His promises are sure. And they will come to, they will come to pass. How do you know that, preacher? Because I believe the Bible and every promise in the Word of God has or will come true. You go back and you look in the Old Testament and the prophecy that took place. Isaiah prophesied of Jesus Christ coming the way he did and beaten the way he was. And he see that two, uh, thousands years later or so uh, took place. Here came Jesus Christ fulfilling the promise of the Bible. The Bible has given us his promises are true. And his promises will always be fulfilled. You say, what promise are you talking about? I'm talking about the, the promise that God would bless the children of Israel. But I want you to think about this for just a moment. I want you to think about the, the patience of this fulfillment. Think about the patience for a moment. No, not exactly for sure. But in Genesis chapter number, in the last chapter of Genesis, chapter number 50, and verse number 26, the Bible says, So Joseph died. And verse in Exodus 1 and verse number 8, the Bible says there arose a new king over Egypt which knew not Joseph. So look, enough time had spanned, enough time had spanned that they didn't even know who Joseph was. So I want you to grab a hold of this. How long were they waiting on the promise of God to be fulfilled? Years and years. And years for the promise of God to be fulfilled. Now you and I, I don't know about you, but I want things and I want things now. If I'm ready to eat, I'm ready to eat now. I don't want to have to wait. I don't want to go to a restaurant and wait an hour just to get a seat. Can I get a witness, anybody? Alright? Look, I want it. If I go to a fast food restaurant, I expect to, to get to order my food and step to the side and a couple minutes later, I've got my food. I mean, that's just how I like my, my life, you know? Hey, but the Bible says the fulfillment of this promise, it took them patience to understand that the promise didn't come true in a year. And the promise didn't come true in three years. It took years and years and years for the promise to come true. And look, Christian, there's many times that we will pray and pray and pray and pray. And it's not tomorrow. And it's not next week. And it's not in a year. And it's not in a year and six months. And it's not in two years. But eventually we see God come true and God fulfill the promise that he said he would. Amen. But sometimes it takes patience to believe God. I'm not the most patient person. I want things done like that. Can somebody control that child back there? She's talking to you. She hears you talk. She hears me talking. But it's a fulfillment of the promise and the patience in the fulfillment that they had for the <laughs> for the promise that they had. Think about that patience. 
You and I, we don't have that type of patience a lot of times. We get upset. We get mad. We think that God ought to come true like that. And sometimes it's not like that. And even as you look at your life, things, you know, uh, even cooking. Cooking takes time. And from the beginning of the thing all the way to the end, it's time. It's time consuming. Uh, that's why some people don't even like to cook. They'd rather just go out to eat because it's, it's a lot easier. There's no mess. There's no cleanup. There's nothing that takes place. But the, from the beginning of, uh, of cooking a meal to the end of cooking a meal, and, and even after you get done eating, it's not the end of cooking the meal because you have to clean up, and you have to clean the dishes, and you have to take, take, uh, clean off the table, and you have to take all the plate settings and put them away, and you have to put away all the dishes that were used, and put away everything that was taken place. But you say, well, what does that have to do with me? Because the patience that it takes for someone to cook a meal and go all the way through the process is sometimes the kind of patience we need when we're working through what God has planned for us because it's not coming true right now and I need God to come true. Well, wait a minute. If you will let God's process to take place, at the end, it'll be exactly the way he wants it to be. But sometimes we've got to be patient when it comes to the fulfillment of the promise. So we see the fulfillment of the promise. <coughs> but then also, we see, and we kind of grasp it, some not in this text, but just as you, if you know the life of Moses, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We see the pollution of Egypt. You say, what do you mean by that? The pollution of Egypt. When they got out of Egypt and they crossed the sea and they got a little hungry, the children of Israel immediately said, well, let's go back to Egypt. The food was better there. I never had to worry about this. Because the pollution of Egypt had, had gotten in their minds that Egypt was better than the promised land. And if you will look, and I, I mean, we'll go through it, but you look as they go to the promised land, there's a lot of them that don't want to go to the promised land because they think Egypt's better than the promised land. Yeah. But the, the promised land is the picture of the victorious Christian life. And there's a lot of people that don't want to live in the promised land. There's a lot of people that don't want to live in the victorious Christian life. It's because they've been polluted by Egypt. <coughs> and you will find in the scriptures that they did not get unpolluted from Egypt until years and years later. In the book of Joshua, chapter 24, and verse number 14, the Bible says, verse number 15 is a very well-known verse, but verse number 14, <coughs> Joshua says, Now therefore the fear of the Lord, and serve Him in sincerity and in truth, Listen to what he says. He says, And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. Serve ye God, or serve ye the Lord. So what was he telling them? He said, 
Egypt had polluted you so much that you're still serving the same gods your father served in Egypt. And, and the gods that they were serving in Egypt was not the God of Israel. He was not the God that brought them across the Red Sea. And he was not the God that God brought them manna in the middle of the desert. And he was not the God who brought them light in darkness and, and, and made sure the sun didn't burn them too much. He was not the God who brought water from the rock. And he was not the God who let them survive in the wilderness. That wasn't the God. They wanted to serve other gods. The gods of the Egyptians. But they polluted them to believe in the other gods. You say, well, Christian, I feel like this. Today, I feel too much that we've been polluted. You say, I've been polluted by the gods of this world. Bible says that you can't serve God and mammon, which is money. You can't serve both. Bible says you'll cling to one or you'll cling to the other. You can't ride the fence line. No. You need to choose who you will serve. In Joshua chapter 24, that text, he asked the people, who will you serve? And then that's the verse that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You can serve the gods that your father served over there in Egypt, but I ain't going to. I'm coming over here and I'm going to serve the God of Israel. And I ask you this question, the Satan and Christian. Uh, look, <clears throat> we, we can allow the things of this world to pollute our minds and to, 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 to dilute what, what God's word is true. But know this, when, it's, when the rubber meets the road, we need to make sure that we serve God and not serve man and not serve this world and not serve the flesh and not serve Satan but serve Jesus Christ because I can't serve two masters. Amen. I cannot serve two. Look, if I ride the fence line, I've said this before, but if I, if I ride the fence line too long or straddle the fence line, pretty soon I'll hit a fence post and that wouldn't be too pleasant. Christian, you can ride and straddle that fence, but pretty soon you're going to hit a fence post, and that's not going to be pleasant. These children of Israel were polluted by Egypt. Don't allow yourself to be polluted by this world. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that as you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, then in verse number 2 he says, And be not conformed to this world, but, my mind just went blank, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove it which is good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. But you will allow this world to warp your thinking. Where the Bible says that this world thinks evil is good. Hmm? Yeah. Are we not there today? Yeah. 
Are we, are we not living in society today where society says that right is wrong and, and right, uh, wrong is right? And right is wrong, and the, and the right and the wrong is acceptable, and the abominable is is okay. Is that not where we live today? Where the warping of the mind? Look, we cannot allow that warping of the conforming of our minds to the world, but conform our minds to to God and what He has and what He has planned for our lives. Can't allow them to pollute us. Shouldn't it be that Christians ought to pollute the world? Shouldn't it be that when they went to Egypt that they would have started telling people about the God of Israel? And then when, when they left Egypt, I don't know, a couple million people left Egypt when they left. Could they have not had an impact on Egypt rather than Egypt having an impact on them? Hey, Christian, we ought to have an impact on our community, on our block, on our streets, on our places we work. Did not allow them to have the influence on Influence, influence the world rather than the world influencing us. Bible says in Ezekiel chapter number 20 and verse number 8. Bible says, but they rebelled against me and would not hearken unto me. <coughs> they did not every man cast away the abominations of their eyes. Neither did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I said, I will pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. We see the fulfillment of the promise. We see the pollution of Egypt. <coughs> Two applications. Will you be patient? To allow God's promise to come true. Then will you. Be polluted by the world. Or will you. Influence. The world. There were 12 apostles. The Bible says in the book of Acts. And they began to preach the gospel. And God saw fit. Thousands of people got saved. Thousands of people got baptized. And the Bible says in Acts chapter, I believe, 17, the Bible says that they had turned the world upside down. They didn't turn the world upside down on the map. They turned the world upside down for Jesus Christ. They made such a huge difference on their community, on their area, for Christ, that things started to happen that they had never seen happen before. Hundreds of thousands of people were saved and started to change everything. Christian, may you and I work at this, not allowing the world to pollute our lives. Because there's a lot of pollution in this world, whether it be by the radio, whether it be by the TV, or whether it be by the co-workers, or whether it be by family, or whether it be by you. I don't know. But there's a lot of pollution. That's not godly. That's not the way God planned it. Examine your life. You don't allow yourself to be polluted by the, by the world. So, 
As we conclude this first sermon in the life of Moses, we see the slavery. They were in slavery. They, they had to serve their master. But all of this took place to fulfill the promise in which God gave. And these people got to be or was polluted by Egypt for many, many years. They wanted to go back to Egypt. So, are you, are you polluted? Are you waiting on that promise to be fulfilled? Be patient. Allow God to work. Dear God, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to be here together.